At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. On this special occasion, there is a scripture to which I want to direct our attention. It is found in the second book of Samuel, in chapter 6, verses 14 and 20 through 22. Uh, the truth is that the entire text is the ground for our message this morning. But I, I don't want to read all that Bible to you. I want to pick essence of the chapter 6 of 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel, chapter 6, verse 14, there is this word that I want to share. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing, David was wearing a linen hepark. Now pick up at verse 20 and it reads, Then David returned to bless his household. And Micah, Michelle, the daughter of Saul, came to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Micah, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the main servants of whom you've spoken, by them I will be held in honor. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to talk this morning from the subject a time to dance. A time to dance. There are some occasions in our lives, some circumstances that we pass out of and overcome that require extraordinary expression from us. There's some things that happen in our lives that are so tremendous that the normal expressions of appreciation and approval are inadequate. There are some things that God does for us 
that are so extraordinary that they require special adulation. As a matter of fact, sometimes when we take inventory of how good God has been to us, we recognize that we are totally inadequate to give sufficient praise for what the Lord has done. I mean, sometimes when I think ooh, of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done, my soul cries out, hallelujah. There are sometimes when what I want to say, my saying is not adequate to say it. I run out of the capacity to articulate just what I feel in my heart. And that is what's going on in here today. 40 years. This, is a, this requires special celebration. This is not an ordinary Sunday morning. What, what we got to say to God this morning is much larger than our capacity to articulate it. And in, when those times in our lives come when we are overtaken by God's mercy and grace and, and it and becomes aware to us, it, it rises to our consciousness that God has been so good to us, it requires some extraordinary expression. That's what's going on in the text. David, God's done some stuff for him. And uh, the normal expression of gratitude is inadequate. And he has to do something that is abnormal because the occasion requires it. And he praises God by dancing. An ordinary expression is not adequate. He, he has to, he dances. He, he dance. He does something out of the normal. Somebody in here this morning, God's been so good to you, you need to find a new way to say thank you, God. You, you need a new expression. That old amen ain't enough. God's done you, you, you've used that up on God. You need to come up with something else because God has been mighty good to you. How dare Canaan sit still this morning when you think of the goodness of Jesus uh, and what he's done for this congregation. Taking you from inadequate capacity to have an offering tray to make this house an offering tray ha! to the glory of God. It requires extraordinary praise. Let me, do, let, me, let me share the context of David's dancing. David has, in the text, has recently, uh, he has recently uh, conquered uh, Saul and he has united Israel the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Judah and Israel, he's brought them into one. He's now the king of all of Israel. And he decides 
that he needs to, in order to make his city, the city of David, Jerusalem, the center of the faith community, he needs to go and get uh, the Ark of the Covenant and bring it up into Jerusalem. So the text says that he gathers some 30,000 men and they go down to the threshing, Nason's threshing and Nacon's threshing. And when they get there, they go in to get the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the Ark of the Covenant is important because the Ark of the Covenant for the Israel faith is the symbol of God's presence. That's why always through their nomadic pilgrimage, they were always kept the Ark of the Covenant in front of them because it symbolized the presence of God. In it was the Ten Commandments, the laws of God. But it was the symbol that God was with them all through. And so when David becomes king, he wants to get the Ark of the Covenant and bring it to Jerusalem so that it be the city of David and it will be the expression, the seat of God. So they go down, they go to get, the, and they take the 30,000 men and their uh, trumpets and their all kinds of musical instruments and they are praising God as they go get the Ark of the Covenant. They move out of Nacon's threshing and the covenant is there. There are two men driving, Usa and Ayo. Usa and Ayo are escorts for the Ark of the Covenant. They're driving the cart. Something goes wrong on the way out of Nesrin Sharon, Nacon Threshing. I don't know really what it is, but because the, the text's not clear, something went wrong that offended God. They, they are driving the Ark of the Covenant, and the Bible says that the, the, the oxen stumbles, and Usa grabs the Ark of the Covenant. And I don't know where or what happened, but it offended God. God was so offended that God took the life of Usa in that very moment. And when he took the life of Usa, uh, David got mad. You know, sometimes God does things in our lives that we don't understand. Sometimes God's plan does not coincide with our expectation. Sometimes what God does does not line up. You been there? Uh, as a matter of fact, there are sometimes, if you be real honest, that you can get mad with God. I know you're a good Baptist and a good church of Christ, you're a good Christian, I know you all of that, but, but there are times when God's plan does not coincide with our plan. When God's actions do not find harmony with our actions. And that's where David is. David is, 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 is the Bible's clear, he's out stone mad with God. Because he doesn't understand what God has done. He's, he's tight with Usa. Usa is like George. To Walter Malone. He, he, David can't handle that. He gets so, so upset with God that he realizes that my heart will not allow me to take him to 
uh, Jerusalem, take the covenant. So he decides, I'm going to leave the covenant down here at Obed Eden, the Gittite's house. And when I leave it there, I'm going to go on back and forget about putting the Ark of the Covenant. So he abandons the Ark of Covenant, leaves it at the Gittite, and then he goes back to his normal activity in Jerusalem. About 90 days pass, and uh, he hears that at Obed Eden, the Gittite is being very successful and prosperity is coming. So, so not only he, but everybody in the city is being blessed. By, by, and David said, well, y'all know we better go back down there and get that covenant. So David gets his men together and goes back and takes the Ark of the Covenant and brings it up to Jerusalem. And when he gets to Jerusalem, the, the entrance of the town, when he's about to go in and, 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 and bring the ark, his dream is about to be fulfilled. God is about to allow him to bring the ark of the covenant and sit it in the center of Jerusalem, bring it on home with him. And when he goes into town, he becomes overwhelmed with how good and how grateful he is that God has tolerated him, that God has tolerated him getting angry with him. That God has, God, he knows his conduct has not honored God, but he, he realizes that God has looked past his faults and he is allowing him the, the honor of bringing the ark of the covenant. He, he realizes that I, 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 I have no, I have no, I'm not good enough for what God has done. Anybody in here ever feel that way? I, God's been so good to me that I cannot even express how grateful I am. He's allowed me to get mad at him and ignore him. And yet when I come back home, he lets me bring the symbol of his presence and sit it in my city. Have you ever been so mad? Do you, have you ever been sorry about how you felt? That's where David is. He's, 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 he's so upset. He's so grateful, overcome. And the only thing he could do to express it is he takes off his royal regalia, strips himself down to a linen epaul, and uh, begins to dance in the street. Begins to dance and praise the Lord for what the Lord has done. I mean, he's got to be thinking about, here the Lord has made me king of a united Israel. This same God took care of me in the wilderness with the, with the with lions and the bears. This God delivered me with, uh, before the giant, Goliath. And then this God chose me above all of my brothers, even when my father didn't consider me. And when he thought about all of that, he couldn't help but dance. Whatever a normal way he was used to praising God, it required something different. He had to strip off all, he had to get down to the real nitty gritty. He had to, he had to strip off the robe. The robe was in the way. He wanted to get close and as intimate as he could with God. And he begins to dance in the street and to celebrate the goodness of God. Well, he even declares a holiday for all the citizens of Israel. He gives them fruit and raisins 
and bread and meat to celebrate, go home, take off, and enjoy the holiday. And when he decides to go back to his house, his wife, who is a part of the spoils of his victory against Saul, the daughter of Saul, Micah, when he gets home, she comes out the house. And she said, you know, you lost all your dignity today. You look like an ordinary rank and file. Your, your majesty was gone. You made a fool of yourself today. Dancing in the street like an ordinary man. No longer wearing the regality of your majestic throne but stripped down, shaking in the street and said the people who you lead are going to be embarrassed by you. Well, here's my sermon. He, he said, uh, David, David had three answers for her. The, the first thing he said was, uh, I, I really didn't mean to offend you with my dancing in the street. But I, what I need you to know is, it, it wasn't for you. I wasn't dancing for you. It's all right if you watched. I don't mind if, you, if I entertained you, but, but I need you to understand, I did not, I wasn't dancing for you. I was dancing for the Lord. He, my hallelujah, hey, my hallelujah belongs to him. And so it's all right if you, uh, I hope I don't offend you this morning if I break out in a dance. I hope I don't cause your social consciousness to be disturbed, but I want you to know I didn't come here this morning to praise you. I came here to praise God. I really did not come here to entertain you. I came to praise God for 40 years of blessings in the life of this congregation. So if you see us acting kind of ugly in here, if it's, if it's not your protocol, just understand, it's not for you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not dancing for you. I'm dancing for the Lord. You know, some folks, some dignified folk get carried away when Christians start to praising God. They say, don't take all that. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Matter of fact, if you knew what I've been through, you'd be shouting with me. If you knew how the Lord took care of me in the pandemic, how he, when the church was locked up and the buildings were shut down, he still provided for me and my family. So when you see me shout, when you see me dance, don't get offended. It ain't for you. I'm not praising it for you. Said, uh, the second thing he says to her is he, so he says uh, he says I'm not doing for you and then, and then he says if you knew my story say so, so, so you see my glory but you don't know my story 
<laughs> you, you, you know how good we look here at Canaan in this big beautiful complex. You, you know how nice it is to be in Canaan in this dignified looking physical structure and how we've become a great church. But you don't know our story. You see the glory. You, 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 David said, you, you don't know my story. Say, so you, you were born in the king's house. You had a silver spoon in your mouth. Your daddy was the king. And you took care, he took care of you. You had your own bedroom. You had a silver spoon in your mouth. You had servants who were ready to wait on you. That's your story. But if you knew my story, if you knew what I've been through, I've been rejected and neglected. I had to fight by myself. I had to go when I didn't feel like going. I had to run when I didn't feel like running. But the Lord took care of me. He made a way for me. He put food on my table. When my brothers betrayed me and left me by myself, he stayed with me. When the lion tried to destroy me, he shut the mouth of the lion. Hey, if you knew my story, if you knew what I've been through, if you knew, you, you know the glory. You see how good I'm looking now. But you haven't known where I've been. I've always been dignified. I have always been celebrated. I, I have a story that explains my glory. And David says, uh, you, you don't understand. If you, if you understood, if you understood what I was, what I've been through, you'd have left out the house and start dancing in the street with me. If you only understood what I've been through. Stories told of a man belonged to a dignified church and a silk stocking church. They didn't do much shouting in that church. As a matter of fact, the shouting was not uh, affirmed. And uh, he was on the deacon board, but he was always shouting, jumping up and down, saying amen. So some of the sophisticated members decided that they would go and take a, a visit to his home to talk with him and see if they could get him to restrain his outburst of emotions. And they went on up to his house. He's out in the country. He got out the car. They got out of the car and went to see him. And his wife was there and she said, they said, uh, is Brother Deacon John here? She said, yeah, he's here. He's out there in the field. They said, well, you mind if we go out there and see him? Said, go ahead. So the delegation went on out to Brother John. Said, Brother John, we came to see you today. You know, you, uh, you do a lot of uh, praising and amen and then shouting. Your emotions kind of uh, are distracting and don't meet the protocol of our church. And uh, we just, uh, we just thought we would talk to you about it to see if you could constrain uh, what, uh, what you do on Sunday morning. 
Brother John said, well, let me, let me, let me understand. You came out here to see me, to tell me that I was making too much noise and too much emotion to be praising God like I do. He said, uh, is that what y'all, uh, let, me, let me ask you again. Y'all came out here. Y'all left the church. Came out here to tell me that I was making too much noise and that I was too emotional in here. He said, well, I'll tell you what, what y'all do. Take, hold my mule a minute. Cause I'm gonna shout right now. Hey! I'm gonna praise him right now, right here, right now, because you don't know what the Lord has done for me. You don't know what he's made away for me. I got to praise him. I had no choice. My cup runneth over when I think of God's goodness. <laughs> David said, the third thing he said to his wife, he said, he said, uh, you said that the, the, the maids and the people under me going to be embarrassed by my praise, by my dancing in the street. And uh, he said, uh, well, it's in the text. He said, you ain't seen nothing yet. Say, I'm about to get real down undignified. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah, hallelujah. When I think what the Lord has done for me, I throw dignity out the walls because dignity hadn't kept me. Dignity hadn't fed me. Dignity didn't save me when I was in the hospital. Dignity didn't help me raise my children. Dignity didn't put a roof on my head. I'm here to praise the Lord. Let me tell you, 40 years of walking with God, somebody ought to do something. Somebody ought to pray, but somebody ought to dance. Somebody ought to dance because God's been good to Canaan. God's been good. God has made a way. God has provided and we ought to give God the praise. You know, I've always been affected by the fact that good Christians go to the basketball game. This is basketball week. All the colleges got basketball. We were watching it yesterday. And I noticed that when the ball go in the basket, if it's their team, they jump up and holler all over the stadium because they done made a three point or they got two points ahead. They rooting for their team. But you know where I am this morning? When God drops the ball in the basket for me, 
I got to get up. I, I get upset with Christians. They can do all that praising for, for basketball, going in the bath, but they don't praise God for what God has done for you. I'm not going to be in that crowd. I'm not going to be in the crowd who forgot to give God the praise and the glory. I'm not going to forget when God does a dunk in my behalf. When God hits a touchdown on my behalf, I'm going to praise God. I'm going to pray that I don't care what you think about Life has not always been easy, but God has always been present. I've had some good days, and I've had some bad days. But God's been good to me. Yes, I've had some good days. I've had some hills to climb. Uh, I had some weary days. And lonely nights. But when I look around, Hey, and think things over all of my good days <laughs> outweigh my bad days I won't complain God, God God's been good to me oh yes he has so very good me sometimes my clouds hang low I can hardly see the road I ask the question Lord why why so much pain but he knows What's best for me? He sees what my eyes can't see. That's why I've got to say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God's been good to me. been good to me yeah he's been so very good to me more than this world could ever be he's been mighty 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 good to me to me to me to me he wants everyone of my tears away he turns my nights today. That's why I get up anywhere and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's been good to me. to me hey he's been mighty 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 good to me 
more than this world could ever be he's been so good to me to me to me to me he wipes all my tears away he turns my nights today that's why I'll get up anywhere and say thank you Lord thank you Lord food on my table thank you Lord roof over my head thank you Lord in and out of the hospital thank you Lord pandemic thank you Lord recession thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord you've been good to me hey come on give God some praise people represent the church no matter where we are so stay connected and reach others as we grow in